Hello everyone, I'm Steve the Limey. And I'm Blake the Yank. And together, we are... The Limey and the Yank. A rock talk podcast that takes on the great debate. From the UK to the USA, who really knows how to rock? We're here to battle on who has the best artists, musicians, and of course, it's from England. Debatable. Let the battle begin. Hello. I'm Steve the Limey. And I'm Blake the Yank. And together we are... The the Limey and the the Yank. Yank. Hello everybody. We've got a great show as always. We're both so thrilled and excited about our show. It's all about, as you heard of the intro there playing, Hey Mr. Bassman. We are giving credit to all those great bassmen, and I have got plenty coming your way. And, of course, uh, most of them are English. But if you don't mind, uh, Mr. Yang, since I'm taking off first, I'd like us to talk about, and I know you know this guy, and people would consider him as being probably over the old pick of all the great rock and rollers, uh, the best bass player that ever lived, John Entwistle with The Who. That's right. This week's episode is all about that bass. And if we want to kick it off, let's talk about that legend, John Entwistle. Yeah. What do you got for me? Tell me about him. Well, you know. (laughs) Tell me a song that you like. You don't have to have trivia about the guy. (laughs) The main, I love him all. He's, you know, like any bassman, he's always the heart and soul of the group. You know, like we say, you know, the lead is the rhythm, but the bass is the love and the soul what comes deep, you know? And I'd have to say one of the most extending ones that everybody, and it's almost like an anthem to John Entwistle, is Boris the Spider. <laughs> that right? has bass all over it. That's right down to the all vocal. bass, man. <laughs> Listen to this. That's John Entwistle. Oh, man. You know, you know, I, that's perfect because we're recording this in October, so it's got a nice little Halloween vibe oh, to it. Oh, it's amazing. And I know we could I mean, we could do a, a show on The Who, of course. <laughs> They're all legends. But, of course, we've got more wonderful basement to share with you folks. And, uh, and I'm going to jump into my uh, number two all-time favorites. Let us know what your favorite tune is. Uh, where John's playing the bass for The Who. I don't think he did any solo career. He was pretty much a Who guy all his life. Uh, but I have to say, it's... People tired to put us down Talking about my generation Just, just because, because we get, get around get, No, you have to stutter. We gotta get, we get, 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 get around Things they do look awful cold Hope I... I'm not going to say that because I'm getting old. I want Hope to be. I die before I get old. I want to be here a bit longer. This is listen to this bass tribute to you, Mr. John. Why don't you all fade away? Don't try and dig what we all say. I'm trying to cause a big sensation. I'm just 
I wish I could have played the whole song. I think My, it was Homer Simpson who first said, never trust anyone over 30. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, well, you can't go and see any of the the name acts like the Stones and that now. The the old age pensioners. I mean, in a lighthearted kind of way. They still jump up and down and perform. I'm glad that, well, most of the Who managed not to die before they got old. Yeah. They still play. Yeah, he he's played for a number of years, uh, you know, after they lost Keith at such a premature age. This is a tribute to um, all the great bass players. And, you know, I'd have to say, you know, that's why I'm talking about. He's one of our best uh, picks and probably the top of the pick. Fantastic. We, we love what you left, that legacy, and we'll always be eternally grateful, John, because I still listen to The Who. You changed my life in what you did in music. All right, so I've done my time, Mr. Yank, and I know you. he's climbing the ceilings, right? why don't you shut the... Well, hey, at some point, I'm going to get a turn. <laughs> you you do the editing. You're the editor. You're going to cut some That's of that true. out I anyway. That's true. start cutting you I'm out. I'm saying, uh, this guy's babbling too much. I'm it's the Yank and the Yank show, starring <laughs> the Yank as the Yank, and also the Yank as the Yank. All right, all right. No limey. Okay, there'll always be a limey around the corner. Hey, I've got a that. classic rock and roller who goes back to the 60s, too. I've got a really good bass player that definitely needs to be mentioned, and that's Getty Lee from Rush. I never thought of Rush, you know, being, you know, just like I'm going to talk about Sting, not to bring in my own people, but Rush is a three-piece band, basically. And they're fantastic. And that's why, because he's a third of that band with that bass. Are you kidding me? And I've got a particular song, it's an instrumental, that highlights his bass work. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that in here. We're going to play a little bit of the Rush song, YYZ. It's off of Moving Pictures, which is probably their most famous album. Although, if you listen to Rush's catalog, there's just there's something for every iteration. Whether you're in the older screechy vocal stuff and the working man, or you're in the newer mellow stuff, it's not always mellow. Listen to Roll the Bones or Counterparts and Test for Echo, Vapor Trails. They've been doing an amazing job all this time. So yeah, Getty Lee is fantastic. Love his playing. And that was a bit of YYZ. Yes, that is absolutely incredible. It's all over the place, and it, go, it builds up to a, that massive crescendo, mm -hmm. what he does with that bass. And it's running the main line of the melody, so it is in front and center in that song. Yeah, that Everyone's kind of chasing after him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's like, come and get me. Mm -hmm. Normally it's the lead. But with that bass, how you've got to chase after that. That's a great analogy, yeah. Yeah, that's the way. Wow, that's amazing. So top that, Limey. <laughs> I'll be honest, like you are, you're a little bit of a sneaky one. You kind of pull them out of your, 
you know what, on occasion. Blame it's a Canada. big enough fan. I never <laughs> thought of bringing him up. That is amazing. I cheated. I pulled him from up north. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm moving on. I kind of got the super, super, superstars, and I know you do too, Yank. Um, I'm going to bring uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, of course. Of course. He's the best, you know, one of the best musicians in the world. You know, he's the best player. And like a lot of best people, not that I'm saying that because I'm left-handed. And you know I'm an artist. I do hair. I love music. We talk. Everything's music and art. But I'm left-handed too. And I think all you wonderful left-handers out there like Sir Paul McCartney, I guarantee a lot of the best artists are left-handed you know you've said best a lot but i want to be sure people understand there's no pete you being a left (laughs) you being an unlefty being a right because you only can go to the right because on the other side of the brain you don't have that side of the brain what we have so you can only think we can get to come over to your side the right and go back left and think and do things backwards and you right-handers don't know what we're doing. What, you right-hander? I'm a lefty. Excuse me. All you left-handers <laughs> out there, you know what I'm talking But we're talking about music. Yeah, Let's but play. I'm a lefty, too. That's what I said. I'm a lefty. Totally know what you're talking about. I'm left-handed. Just like Paul McCartney and not like Pete Best. <laughs> <laughs> the best Pete ever. <laughs> but do you gotcha. do everything left-handed? Yeah, well, no. Actually, that's the funny thing about it is... When I was a kid, I could do both hands, ambidextrous, and I remember very distinctly the teacher saying, you need to pick one side, and most people do right. And I'm like, well, I'm not most people. <laughs> I am going to be left-handed from here on. But when I was a kid, I'd have a pencil yeah. in both hands, and I'd look to the left, start writing, look to the right, start writing, and I'd do two worksheets at the same time. That's and they were amazing. like, oh, that's going to break your brain. <laughs> You're going to end up doing podcasts or something terrible. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so then did you escape and go more to the left and stay on the left? Yeah, I could retrain my right hand if I wanted to. Yeah, We're not talking about thing. politics. Let's get one thing straight out there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right and left-handed, that's it. And we're talking about music, which is funner. But yeah, better. throwing a baseball, I'll probably do that right-handed. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was saying about left-handers and... I knew you were gifted, so you're extra gifted now if you're one of us. That's right. My and apparently no takesy-backsies. <laughs> Sir Paul and... Sir Paul. You know what? A Day in the Life. I mean, every song of the Beatles is a classic, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, Woke Up, Get Out of Bed. Listen, I'm gonna, let's play a little bit of that bass line. Okay. And if it wasn't for that bass bouncing in the morning, getting your first cup of coffee, jumping on that bus, you go, everybody's climbing up those double-decker stairs listening to this. I used to do it. And still, when you're traveling, great traveling too. That, that bass, just go with that wonderful bass of his, and it'll just take you along for the ride. All right, let's play a bit of A Day in the Life off of the Sgt. Pepper's album by the left-handed Sir Paul. Coat and grab my hat 
Made the bus in seconds flat Right, and I'm going to steal the mic again so I don't get charged of saying I'm taking too much time. But you did. But yours. you know the audience likes me to talk more than you anyway. Yeah, except you that it's have, my turn. You have that American accent. Everybody okay, look, will... I'm, I'm going to grant you a concession here, and I'm actually – it's a concession to Steve the Limey, and it's a confession from Blake the Yank. <laughs> One of my hey, – no confessions on my – Oh, no, go ahead. It's not an Usher confession. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> One of my favorite bands of all time has always been Iron Maiden. And the thing about Iron Maiden that makes them unique is their bass player, Steve Harris, writes pretty much all of their stuff, and he writes it around the bass line. So while they have fantastic melodic metal, a lot of it centers around Steve Harris, their bass player. So my hat is off to you. I reach across the big pond, and I shamefacedly admit, hat in hand, that yes, I do love Iron Maiden, even if they're English. <laughs> no, it's so wonderful because it gives me my opening. What are you going to play a piece from Iron Maiden? Or? Yeah, I can do that. You know what? I'm going to go back to some of the early stuff. I'll pick something out of, uh, let's see. I think I will play, again, I'm going to step away from the vocals a little bit, and I'm going to play an, a song off of Killers. Mm -hmm. The, the album Killers, which is one of my favorites, that opens up with a drum solo and then goes right into the song Wrathchild, and that has lots of bass in it. So let's do Wrathchild. Amazing. I tell you, you're a dark horse, buddy. You like those dark, deep, and but the he is incredible. He almost plays like the bass, almost like in a style of a drummer, in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can. It's like he attacks the strings, yeah. Or like he follows, or the drummer follows him, but yeah. they have that great connection because it's almost like they're together, the drummer and the bass, and the other guys are there but they're a little bit out in the distance. It's a good analogy. He's not running ahead like YYZ. Exactly. Yeah. The bass is there right with them, mm -hmm. going with the bass of the drum and that pounding of the drum. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I right love that. That is incredible, buddy. Amazing. So that's my concession to you. You get the mic a little longer. You yeah, get but it. like always, whether or not you take an English dude, because I know you have to because of all the multi-talented people over there, um, I am going to pick up. He's not really American. He's kind of, he's kind of a, a invader like me, you know, an alien that became an American citizen. You're an alien? Thanks. For, I was. I'm not anymore. He's an alien. And I've always been legal, and I do have an American passport. So, Didn't I say something about Ray Austin in my favorite Martian? I'm proud to be both. I told you that. There's nothing wrong. That's what makes America. Oh, that okay, kind of can alien. I carry on talking about who yeah, I'm Sorry, gonna... I went Ridley Scott on you for a moment. No, no, you did that because <laughs> you took one of mine, and you don't want me to take. But he's not really – he is an American like me, but he's not really Australian, even though he was born in Australia. 
like I was born in England. You know, when you go to a different flag, you fly. So may I say flee? Yes, you may. <laughs> About that, huh? I pulled that one. I think the red hot chili peppers are incredible. They always remind me of the West Coast for some ways. Maybe because they were in um, the movie Point Break, because Flea's been in a few movies too, right? He was in Back he to just, the Future too. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He pops up. That's right. He played Needles. Biff's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a great actor. But you know what? I always picture, which is friggin' hilarious. I love these guys. They're not scared to do anything. And he kind of, he's the king of the, 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 the I don't want to use the word spanking, but spanking the bass, baby. The slapped bass, yeah. Slapping it, spanking it. You can slap and spank it. Well, and you it know what? They it, come from a funk background. And the bass so does totally as it's told. He gets <laughs> up there and he spanks and he slaps that bass and he jumps up and down. But look at him. Look at that connection with the Chili Peppers. I mean, that's why they're so incredible. That's why they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think just a couple of years ago. That variety show, which when they started and they introduced, I forget who was the host that year, but when they introduced the Red Hot Chili Peppers, nobody could believe it because they all come out in frigging diapers. <laughs> I thought they were going to promote Pampers or something. Well, and you go, you know what? Socks. And everybody, this is terrible. No, banana hampers on the beach, having a bit of fun and wearing a big grown-up dance. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to have to stop you for a moment and ask. Do you know about the Abbey Road photo? What do you mean, know about it? There is a, uh, in the early days of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of their most controversial album covers. <laughs> I didn't know that. Was them walking the street Abbey Road style, and the that? only thing they're wearing is not a banana hamper, but they're each wearing a sock. They're only wearing a sock. Are we allowed Abbey to Road. show that uh, picture on the intro? Uh, video or sure. would they not listen to the show? Yeah, I can, I can help you look it up. People might still listen. <laughs> Maybe not. So you, they were you won't be able that... to hear the sound oh. of the I never knew that, new mate. chili peppers. That's but... why we're so good working together. <laughs> so they kind of, it was like a homage to the Beatles, but in some ways they were taking the piss too. Yeah, absolutely. Because in their Pardon early career, French. especially, they were more out there. They're really funk-based. A lot of their stuff is, is heavily influenced by funk we talked earlier about how rush is more of a straight ahead rock and roll kind of sound exactly what you're trying to explain to me yeah 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 but these Same guys type definitely owe their their legacy to a lot of the funk that they admired and they said that from the get-go all right you can hear it here's the slap bass thing it's absolutely all right let's slap some bass and spank it and let's let's see what we can hear it red hot chili peppers with emphasizing on Flea's bass. All right, you know I'm a funky guy, and over funk, you are pounding and jumping up and down in those diapers. So let's say <laughs> over funk, funky, funky, funky.
That is great. That's got a nice bounce to it. And hey, like I say, can be a dark horse rhythm. just like you. I am made of man. So good. I love doing that because we always do that just for the audience. You know, you got to play it up and pick something out that you you both uh, give each other a surprise about. Well, now you've got you've got us back on the other side of the big pond on my side. So let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about someone who's even more quirky and eccentric than the Red Hot Chili Peppers in my opinion, probably more innovative. And that's not necessarily saying that chili peppers are a bad thing. They've done a heck of a lot. But if I had to pick someone who's absolutely out in left field doing his own thing and people love it, I'm going to tell you about Les Claypool, the bassist and lead pretty much for Primus. Interesting. Primus does all sorts of eccentric stuff. He Les Claypool plays his bass just like Flea. He does the slap funk thing. And he does all sorts of quirky little notes. And the strange thing about him is, depending what era you're listening to them, sometimes his vocals are almost completely buried because he wants that bass front and center. And then other times he's just doing these interesting little accents. Wow. So he uses the bass as the star, which is nothing wrong with that on occasion, if it's that great. And I had a little bit of a a struggle here because I can't pick any one song that really defines Primus. I'm going to put together a little medley of bits and pieces of work they've done so you can hear a sampling of of Les Claypool's very interesting and unique bass playing.
say so what you just said. So I gave said. you a mix of stuff in there, and so some of it's like their classics, Tommy the Cat. A lot of people know that from the 80s. They did that song with Tom Waits. I also threw in one called Fisticuffs, which has this interesting kind of dark sound to it. It's about early days of boxing. Oh, yeah. The other part that I threw in there was called Over the Falls. It's almost hypnotic the way it just kind of strums through there. And Over the Falls is about this quirky little fad in America of going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. And if that sounds weird, you know, late 19th, early 20th century, let's just say for the most part, that doesn't end well. Not a lot of people are capable of doing that. You're not supposed to do that. You, you are get right, big trouble buddy. You survive. They've been over those falls in all kinds of trap, like I, all kinds of different. I see some water. I have to jump down it. <laughs> see if I'll survive it. I don't know what I'd want for anyway. But yeah, I love that style. I'd like to hear more and more of these guys. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I'm not an expert. But the, what you've exposed the music to me, and I'll tell you, the difference is I think with them, it's like more and more different basses. He's playing one bass sound, mm -hmm. but in between that bass sound, he's got a different bass sound following it. He's got almost like a six track or an eight track, and all of a sudden, it's the same bass, but it's so much more exciting because there's different tunes of that bass yeah over the falls is a good example of that that's a really neat observation yeah yeah it's, there's multiple bass layers in there and like you say the music is always that climax mm -hmm. somebody going out into the ring to fight somebody going over the waterfalls somebody jumping <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah because if you look at the style of the art and the style of their music you can picture all that all together so i think as artists that the those type of artists that can do just like you know art that they do on their albums is so incredible it does definitely reflect the music and that the ultimate look does mm -hmm. that make sense? It does, because you talked earlier about like YYZ, the bass player goes off on his own and the drummer is chasing him. Then with Iron Maiden, we talked about them being in perfect sync. There's a song they did, Primus did, called My Name is Mud, and it's got this perfect opening with the bass player and the drummer lining up and creating one interesting, unique melody of two different sounds. Yeah, and that's a good intro to cut you off now. Because it's my turn. <laughs> it is your and turn. Thank you for letting word. me monopolize. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we just talked about making that climax and bringing all the musicians to that. The next person, which is a, a living legend, and unbelievable bass player, probably just incredible, you know, Sting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sting, I think he'll use any instrument that sounds like a bass because he's a bass man and he can use it. Just like that, the big, massive, you know, uh, every breath you... Yeah, was the upright. That, was it a cello? It looked like a cello to me. You know in the video? Cello, well, I, I don't remember. But it was that size, but I think maybe it, we have to look it up. Yeah, if you're if standing, it it's an upright bass. If you're sitting down and it's between yeah. your knees, it's a cello. But that's how he got yeah. that. You couldn't get that on a, a guitar. That deep bass with every breath you take. 
Yeah, it has that nice rhythmic sound to no it. There's no way. So what I'm saying is, if you look at a lot of the intros to the Police and Sting songs, it goes with the bass. I'm the bass man, and you guys are following after me. You know, but they did it. You know, just like the Police with the, um, you know, Copeland, his own unique, crazy. I don't want to relate him to Keith Moon, but crazy all over the place style. It made him go even crazier because Sting took the bass by the horns and his he had to go crazier and he had to go faster to get noticed. Same thing. But yeah, I see rather what you mean. The, They do the climax, but I think Sting with his bass is the start off. It's at the when you get on those running blocks. And whether it's a fast bass or a slow bass... That's how it does it. I'll give you another prime example of a, a slower bass where he did, uh, he did um, Walking on the Moon. How does it start off? He's playing that bass because when he plays that bass, you and I are walking on the moon. And then he starts bringing other stuff in it. But you always feel with that melodic bass that you're doing it. Yeah, well, that's a good point because you were talking about the cello and the upright bass. And if you go looking at Legend's of bass players of different musical genres, you'll find that whether they were jazz influenced or they actually were all their lifetime a jazz musician or they like to get into more experimental stuff, they also did the upright strings. You know, they, they played with other things beyond a bass guitar. That's kind of what I'm getting at, is that they had the ability to sit there and pluck an upright bass and bring something unique to the table, or you could stick a bass guitar in their hand and they'll just run off down the road. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, buddy. But we always kind of put the lead guitarist, which is another program, first. Mm -hmm. We kind of keep the bass and the drummers, you know, whether it's the lead singer, you know, like the other shows about bringing up uh, backup singers. All these recognitions should come from the artist and the instrument, what they're performing with, just yep. like uh, an artist painting, whether it's colors art graffiti and that but anyway we could drift off there um so yeah sting this that's my final pick um i i think you just look at the body of work and we'll play a couple of uh, examples you well know, you, maybe. you said walking on the moon you want to do that one i think, I think everybody knows every breath you take yeah and once again the the category 
catalog of songs are absolutely massive, but um, to to kind of point out uh, Sting's style of playing that bass, and you know, don't forget everything she does is magic. But there's so you know, I love it, man. That Mister Mister Bassman, I've always out of all the. I'd never ask you this, but out of all the different instruments in rock and roll, what's your favorite instrument? What do you like to listen to the most? Oh, that's difficult because it always depends. I mean, for example, with Queen, the way they tune their guitars, I love that melodic kind of sound. And yet at the same time with Iron Maiden, I'm loving the bass line. I'm not always following the drums as much, though there are times I really love listening to Nico or Clive just absolutely slap the skins it just depends on the band so we go to see journey yeah. in concert and what are you used to with journey you're used to really good vocals and yet one of the highlights of that show was the drummer doing his amazing drum solo yes. where he's doing all these crazy tricks yes it was a highlight I, I, yeah incredible and i know what you're saying it depends uh, on the group and which way you want to follow and where your passion and love lies what stands out in that group well sometimes it's unmistakable like with primus when you listen to that you know the bass is the the dead center of the song and everything springs from that you may not know that with iron maiden unless you listen to some specific songs like we gave you but then you go into a band like um well let's look at yes for example if you listen to yes the bass is one of many different voices and they're all interoperating together and so yeah. it doesn't necessarily stand out but at the same time it is necessary it's yeah. part of their sound yeah you know what? I feel kind of guilty. We're just finishing off the show, but we've done all bass men, and I'm going to stand <laughs> up because we love the I lady. I know where you're going. I'm sorry. You know we love the lady rockers much as any of the dudes, and you know, and we we, and uh, but we, I, I can't end this show. Without. Well, no, there's nothing to apologize for, because I still got one more on my list, and that is the lady that we are both thinking of. No, but you didn't tell me it was a You didn't tell me it was a woman. Oh, Not yeah. that I don't love women. You know exactly. We've talked about her before. <laughs> the fearless female with a four string, Susie Quattro. You brought her back. I brought her back. I That's didn't right. even think of her being a bass girl. But you yeah. know what? It's funny, because not to interrupt you, because I know it's your turn. way she holds a bass when she's performing, because she's a rocker and a performer. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't play rock and roll. She's a great performer, especially in that leather outfit. But that's a different story. Let's give these folks something that's less guitar heavy. Like, you know, let's not do Can the Can, because we've no, done we that don't. before. Let's find another song for you by Susie Quattro. And this isn't mine or yours. This is both of ours. That's one. what I'm saying. Because she, she started in America. She's an American, but she got big in the UK. We're going to play for you a great example of that driving hard bass, which is Susie Quattro's The Wild One. Here we go. I love it. Hammer, you talk about talking about a, a hammer. She is hammering at all, but she's got that, once again, that real 
I have to put it, you know, I'm always stuck in the 60s, that methodic rhythm, rock and roll bass. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm not saying she not she doesn't go over all over the place sometimes, but when she brings in, and that's all rock and roll, that tune. It's the underlying rumble that adds depth to the rock and roll. Yeah, it's almost... Yeah, it, I you took the I I didn't even think of those words. I I put that up to you. It's the rumble of the bass at the back of all the wham wham wham. Right, it's the boom boom boom. And her screeching vocals. I mean, you believe she is a hammer from hell, like she sings. Yes, yeah. Just like I could see that being played American Graffiti, but when they're having the race at night. Uh And the, <laughs> that'd be a great song to put as a boom, 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 yep. boom, 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 rolling down the road, top speed, yeah. foot to the floor. Susie, I'd, God willing, I'll see you perform one of these days. Never saw Susie Quattro, but great. And you know what? We're going to have to look, and I'll be honest, in all the bands, and I know there's a lot of lady bass players in groups there, but regarding, I don't want to say like, superstar groups or you know is there that many I well there was the runaways runaway but that's some research we'd have to do because no offense i'm a bit ignorant and all you know but uh there's also kitty which is all an all-girl band that does heavy metal (laughs) they've got that really heavy screeching growling vocal sound (laughs) they uh they toured gosh i I think they were all like 15 and 16 years old when they started. Yeah. Which is a heck of a thing. They were all very talented. Did they dress as kitties? No. This is not Josie and the Pussycats. No. (laughs) Well, I'm going to stop that. That's why it's finished. (laughs) Hey, I love it, buddy. It's all about the Mr. Baseman. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and finish us both off here with one honorable mention i want to point out that there are a lot of bass players that come and go and they don't have a particular band they're just really good at what they do and the honorable mention is james jamerson he is an american he is a motown legend i'm going to give you a short just a short list of the people he's played with he has played with stevie wonder marvin gay diana ross and the supremes Smokey robinson and just for us to highlight his bass playing the Four Tops, here's the song Bernadette. listen to that you hear that classic motown bass line and that's james jamerson that's him are you kidding i think that is so wonderful and not to blow your trumpet buddy (laughs) that to give honor to the people and that's why i'm so excited about the program coming up about backup singers they're just as part of that hit without them the lead singer is not going to get that hit i'm Mm going to tell you that that's how strongly i feel about it but the four tops and the Motown sound and that, and all those songs and I didn't know his name. I'll be honest, 
and I most feel, people wouldn't. That's I feel thing. embarrassed to, because I knew the songs and I've always loved the bass. Of course, are you Tamla Motown? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and the Four Tops. I mean, that is an amazing choice. And what I'm going to do? I'm going to go through all my Tamla Motown collection and the work that he's done and give him honor and look to see. And he was in that many, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he was in yeah, a lot of yeah, different yeah. granted he did he did die relatively young. He didn't live too terribly long, unfortunately. But no. he did a lot of work in Motown in that space before he passed away. Hey, another great uh title for a program, buddy, uh Session Men. Yeah, that's true. Of the ones we never hear of. We could go on forever. We just absolutely love you folks. Please, please, please keep on sending us those fantastic ideas that you have on uh, bringing out new shows. We're getting some awesome feedback. And please give credit to all your bass men because it's all about the... So from the... Well, that sounded a little bit more Bing Crosby there, fella. From the... The 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 limey that 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 that's all, folks. I'm trying to do the bass. Oh, but you, that sounded like Max Headroom, and I was thinking about that whole <laughs> art of noise, Dwayne Eddy, Peter Gunn, the art no, of Dwayne Eddy, the no noise one. of twang. <laughs> Actually, you got Gunn. that head. You kind of got a hairdo going, kind of like uh, Max but, Headroom. Max, Max, you put the black dark square glasses on talking to myself (laughs) keep on listening folks we love you hey kids time to go for now you crazy Kentuckian the only good thing that come out of Kentucky was KFC and bourbon and thoroughbreds and Corvettes bluegrass music don't listen to that mad mank we invented rock we make it all better Please join us next time on The Limey and the Yank Podcast.